Dear Excellencies, dear friends, dear guests, uh, thank you so much for joining us for that, this event. And first of all, I would like to thank all the artists who sent us photos, which are displayed at the entrance here. I would like also to thank everybody who sent a video message. The messages are also displayed outside. And then, of course, I would like to thank our moderator, Najat Rushdi, to be here, and our panelists, Ronnie Shatter, His Excellency, Andreas Kindel, Musa Khouri, Aya Mashzoub, Nisa Sarie, and Reina Sfer. And, of course, I would like to thank Anna Fleischer and the Heinrich Böll Foundation in supporting this event. I will be really very short. Today is the 17th of July. The 17th of July is the day of international justice. The 17th of July is also Lokman's birthday. Today he would be 60 years old, 60 years young. He would, could have had many years in front of him. Years he could have spent writing articles or books, commenting on the news, making films, or just enjoying life. But instead, Lokman was assassinated almost 18 months ago, and no justice has been done. Nobody has been accused. Nobody has been arrested. Nobody has been judged. For a crime, an execution, which happened almost in the open. Lokman is terribly missed by me, his family, his friends, and by many others who share in the same calling to examine the past and to struggle on a path towards a must, uh, to a more just future. But we are not alone for asking for justice in Lebanon. With us are the families of many other political assassinations. With us are the family and survivors of the port explosion. With us are the families of the disappeared. With us are the former Lebanese detainees in Syrian prisons. With us are the many survivors of the Lebanese civil war. And with us are the many others who have been fighting for a long time against the culture of impunity and for accountability in Lebanon. We are calling for the same. Justice, which is defined by the UN as a basic human right. Justice can have different, form, different forms. And that is what we are here to discuss. What does justice look like for Lebanon? With today's event, we hope to institutionalize the 17th of July and to celebrate International Justice Day year, year, each year in the future until justice for Lebanon is achieved. Thank you. Sahibat wa ashab saada, asayidat wa saada, masa al khair. Lubnan والعدالة والقمان يسهران علينا ومعا هذا المساء على نيتهم على نية هذا الثلاثي 
تداعينا كما فعلنا وسنفعل المرة تلو المرة ما أحوج لبنان المدمر وبلاد الجوار المنكوبة والعالم إلى من يؤمن بالعدالة هذه النجمة البعيدة الخفرة ويعمل على إحقاقها كتب لقمان مسائلا تاريخ حروبنا الأهلية المتناسلة كتب يقول إن النسيان بعض من العفو العام الذي لا يني هذا البلد يعفوه بلا كلالة عن نفسه وسيرته وارتكاباته نحن هنا معا كي لا ننسى وكي نقرع بقوة أبواب عدالة صماء عدالة ميأسة تضيع الأعمار في دهاليزها عدالة يهزأ منها الأقوياء مرتكبو الشناعات والاغتيالات والمجازر وما أكثرهم في هذه اللحظة التاريخية هذه اللحظة التاريخية القارنة بين الأوبئة والحروب وانعدام الرؤية تنادينا الليلة لنكون معا فلا تمر علينا هذه الساعة كسائر أيامنا المظلمة هذا اليوم يوم العدالة الجنائية الدولية ويوم ميلاد لقمان العدالة نجمتنا الخفرة ضئيلة شريدة في عين القتل وصناع الدمار بيد أنها في عين لقمان ومونيكا وعيني هي الطريق وإليها المقصد العدل للبنان العدل للقمان والسلام عليهما ولهما Um, good evening. Um, I would like to just say a couple of sentences and uh, I would like to start by again expressing my deepest condolences to you, the family and the friends and those who worked with Lokman. Um, it is not an easy day to remember him on this day on his 60th birthday, um, what would have been his 60th birthday and which falls on the same day as the International Day for Justice. So my deepest condolences once again the loss is still felt very greatly. Um, I will not take a lot of time. I just wanted to express from our side at the Heinrich Böll Foundation, who is the German Green uh, Political Foundation, that we are in solidarity, of course, with Monika and her family and with Lokman's family, but also on a broader scale, we are standing in solidarity with the fight for justice and accountability in Lebanon and beyond. Um, because we believe that it is an important step to include in all of our discussions when we talk about the crisis, when we talk about everything that the country is currently going through, to not forget justice and accountability. Our namesake Heinrich Böll said, involvement is the only way to remain realistic. And I think this is something that we need to remember in all of our struggle and our work. And I am very glad to see so many of you here, and I hope that we together can continue the conversation on justice and accountability. Thank you.
whoever needs headphones, uh, translation is here. Good evening, everybody. Uh, it's very difficult to add anything after uh, what we heard. Um, it is International Day of Justice, but actually justice is every day. It cannot be only one day. Uh, justice is actually the fight for accountability, and there is no other way to fight for accountability but through justice. And uh, crimes cannot remain uh, unpunished because that's really a trigger uh, for a society that will break down uh, any time. Impunity cannot continue, and justice is a must for all the Lebanese, uh, not only for the families of the victim, but for the families of the victims even more, because they need to heal. And without justice, it will be very difficult for those families to heal. But they need also to reconcile with uh, the past to better prepare uh, the future. Uh, for uh, today, for Lokman Islim, for uh, the political assassination, for the crimes, for the victims of uh, uh, the, the blast of the port of Beirut, justice must be served. It must be served. And it also won't happen unless the judiciary system is independent. Uh, we have today with us wonderful panelists who are going actually to share with us their knowledge, I guess, our common frustration as well, and hopefully hope also for a better future because we are all here because we believe, we are all here because we don't give up, each one of us from its own position, and it's not only those who are sitting here, it's all of you, and as long as the fight is there, it means that the cause is still there too. So, ahlan wa sahlan, li Roni, thank you very much for being here. Uh, Andreas, I mean, for tonight, uh, I, will, uh, I will skip the excellency, if you don't mind. Uh, uh, Musa, uh, uh, Aya, very good seeing you. Uh, Nizar, and uh, Reina uh, Taban. Thank you very much for being here. It will be very much more of uh, a discussion than presentation. None of you is going to make a presentation. I have the very tough mission to interrupt you if you speak too much, <laughs> because we still want, of course, the audience and the participant to be able to ask questions and to say whether they agree or not, and maybe come up also with their own suggestion. And I will start uh, with you, um, with you, Aya, if you don't mind, uh, you know, Youth empowerment start also by giving the first uh, the floor to the youngest among uh, among us here. Um, we all know that Lebanon has ratified uh, several human rights conventions, and that is very important. It's part of the international commitment of Lebanon as a country. So there is an accountability there vis-à-vis -vis that, and this should guarantee also a fair trial and accountability. So uh, from your point of view, what was done so far? 
And what are the ways for Lebanon to really be clear and up to its uh, obligation? Over to you. Thank you so much for having me here today and uh, having us speak on such an important topic. Um, Lokman is never far from our minds, so it's a really great opportunity to remember him collectively today. Um, as you mentioned, Lebanon has signed on to treaties that guarantee essential rights like the right to a fair trial and the right to redress for grave human rights abuses. However, we repeatedly hear several excuses for why Lebanon is either unwilling or unable to live up to its obligations. One of the you know, main things that we hear is that Lebanese law um, conflicts with international law. So for example, this was the excuse that was given with regards to the fact that the Judicial Council in Lebanon, the body to which the Beirut Blast case was referred to, doesn't meet fair trial standards. And the response that we were constantly getting is that this is Lebanese law. But actually also under Lebanese law, international law takes supremacy over domestic law. And therefore, the fact that domestic law is opposed, is, is uh, in conflict with international law and Lebanon's international legal obligations means that international law should come first. The second excuse that we hear is that um, Lebanon just doesn't have the uh, capabilities, the judicial capabilities in order to ensure uh, certain standards related to fair trials, such as the right to a speedy trial. And this is due to the economic crisis, but also due to um, shortages in uh, judges, particularly after judges are leaving, lack of electricity, lack of resources. And then the third issue that we hear constantly is political interference in the work of the judiciary. And we do hear this from judges as well. It's not a secret that judges are appointed based on their sectarian affiliations and their loyalties to political parties. And so many of them owe their presence on certain courts and their career progression to the sectarian leaders who appointed them. And therefore, they don't want to be the ones to uh, step over the undrawn or invisible red lines. And when they do, as Judge Bitar did, for example, they are sidelined, uh, there are legal challenges that have come up against them. And this is why we, cur we currently are in a state of seeing uh, judges trying to recuse themselves without any legal basis from sensitive cases because they don't want to come up against the sectarian warlords who appointed them. Yeah, thank you very much, Aya. Actually, Andreas, that brings me directly to you because Aya was mentioning a number of gaps and you are a very important partner uh, and uh, as, uh, through cooperation and through support uh, to support uh, the country with good governance, with justice, with technical assistance and so on. And a lot of the excuses uh, you know, that were mentioned are definitely very easy to address uh, you know, through a good cooperation. So from your point of view, what do you think uh, that the international, I mean, tell us, first of all, what did the international community do uh, to, f to help fight against the impunity? Because that uh, obviously is a guiding principle. Uh, but also, what do you think uh, the international community should do better and do more? Okay, I start with a bummer because I encounter, <laughs> I encounter this myself uh, every time. Uh, diplomats have to tread uh, a fine line. Uh, whenever I send around a tweet, I'm reminded that I should not interfere into internal affairs uh, of this country, uh, which uh, refers to Article 41 of the 
1961 Convention on uh, Diplomatic uh, uh, Relations. And there it says that um, I have the duty not to interfere into internal affairs. So as a diplomat, of course, this is uh, difficult to uh, define for myself and for my country what is internal affairs of Lebanon. But when I'm uh, concerned, when a German national is killed by the explosion in the, in the port uh, and uh, a second, Sarah's uh, son, Isaac, is also German, is being killed. So, um, of course, I am concerned, and I, full, I feel fully entitled to uh, uh, to urge that there is a uh, speedy, uh, uh, you know, speedy uh, inter, inter uh, a speedy trial or a speedy um, Sorry? Process. process. Thank you. <laughs> uh, and it shouldn't take. Uh, it should not be obstructed. It shouldn't take two years to to come to this uh, to come to this point. Um, so I think what international community can do is, uh, you know, is expand the possibilities we have to the utmost, and, and not hide behind uh, 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 regulations that are not really there. Um, ask uh, authorities to do what they can, urge them to do what they can. Um, we have also. Uh, in the European Union uh, set up a sanctions framework July 2021 which um, looks at uh, three points uh, one of them is uh, obstruction to the political process and the other one is obstruction to uh, or prevention of uh, reforms approved by the Lebanese government itself including the independence of judiciary uh, and others so, of course, there's a constant reminder, and this is our, our mandate, our task, a constant reminder to the government to push forward with those reforms they have uh, themselves approved of uh, and, not and are not pushing forward. So this is, uh, this is, I think, what we can do. Thank you very much. So, based on that, uh, Nizar, do you think uh, that there is a role for the international justice as an alternative, actually, for justice to be served? Can I speak Arabic or? أكيد. طيب uh, uh, أكيد أحيانا بيتم المطالبة باللجوء هل ممكن أن يكون كل ما تصير جريمة بلبنان أن يكون الحل باللجوء لمحكمة دولية وهل المجتمع الدولي حاضر وجاهز كل ما بده لبنان عدالة أن يقول أنا موجود تفضلوا أنا بدي أعملكم محكمة ولا الجرائم الكبرى اللي عم تصير بلبنان وهي سبب ودافع وفرصة ومناسبة حتى نحن كلياتنا نتوحد للمطالبة بإصلاح المؤسسات للمستقبل لتضمن عدالة لكل اللبنانيين هيدا سؤال مركزي نحن طلبنا بال2005 المحكمة الدولية وكان وقت جاهز المجتمع المدني المجتمع الدولي عفوا لهيدا الاستحقاق لأسباب كتيرة وإلى علاقة بمصالح الدول وإلى آخره بس بال2020 هالشي ما حصل 
وبالتالي تعلمنا انه ما فينا نضلما نطالب بالمحاكم الدوليه بالاخر في جهد وطني بده ينعمل في عمل سياسي بلبنان بده ينعمل لاعاده مؤسسات العداله لكل اللبنانيين وبتصور هيدا هو يلي بيضمن للكل يوم نحن عم نشوف اكيد اليوم نحن بمناسبه اغتيال سياسي ولكن اليوم لا عداله ونظام الافلات من العقاب معمم على كل شيء من المصارف للبيئه للجرائم الاغتيالات السياسيه للمرفق لغيره نحن بنظام مجرم الشعب تحول لضحايا لنظام ما بيتعاقب وبالتالي اليوم اذا عم تقولي مين المسؤول عن هذا الشيء اليوم الامبيونتي سيستم عنده وجه يلي هو نظام الزعامات نظام الزعامات يلي مش ممكن الواحد ان يحاسبهم بيجي القاضي بيطلع على زعيم قدامه مرتكب مثل كانه حدا قدام اسد ضخم جدا قدام مارد بنظام مثل هيدا بصير المستحيل من 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 المستحيلات انه يتحاسب وبالتالي خلينا نطلع على الامور كما هي نحن بسياق اليوم معركه كبيره بين كل المواطنين وكل الزعماء وهيدا هو اللي بيرد نظام العداله للبنان بتخيل على المستوى القريب فمشان هيك يعني نحن دائما فيك توقفيني بس, بس بس كنت بدي اقول مشان هيك نحن كمفكره انه دائما الرهان تبعنا انه قد ما تكون المصاعب كبيره قد ما تكون المشاقه كبيره بس لابد من خوض هيدا المسار يلي هو بدنا العداله وبلبنان ثانك يو ويل اتس it says a lot rena i mean he uh, he mentioned these are mentioned of course the, the stl uh, do you feel that it achieved its uh, objective كمان راح احكي بالعربي الSTL هي طلبها لبنان مثل ما قال نزار وانشئت لحتى تلاحق وتحاكم المسؤولين عن اغتيال 14 شباط اللي اودى بحياه رئيس الحريري و22 اخرين وسببت اكثر من 220 جريح انا بتصور انه بعد شيء طويل اكيد يعني ما كان كثير هين وبعد ما كان في كثير يمكن تعاون من الدوله اللبنانيه قدرت بيوند ريزنبل داوت انه تثبت انه في اشخاص اعدوا ونظموا هيدي الجريمه بطريقه كثير دقيقه خاصة انه اغتيال هالشخص مثل رئيس الحريري يعني مع الكونفوي اللي كان معه ست سيارات مع الاي اس اف اللي معه مع السيجنلز اللي بيقدر يلقط المتفجرات عن بعد يعني لحتى حدا يقدر قدرنا مع اكثر من 300 شاهد اكثر من 1171 الف مستند كل هيدول اثبتوا قدروا يخبرونا مين عمل هيدي الجريمه يمكن الحقيقه بعدها ناقصه بس انا بقول انه في طلع حكم ب 2500 صفحه 2000 بكون متضايقه 2621 صفحه وطلع كمان من بعده استئناف انا يعني ما بعرف اذا حدا منكم قري هيدول حدا منكم قري هيدا هو الاحكام يعني هو كثير هي ننتقد المحكمه وقت ما نكون قارين بقى انا انا بعزمكم انه تقروهم لانه فيهم كثير اشياء بتخليكم لانه هو منا اوبينيون هو اللي مش حدا قال انا برايي حدا هون في دلائل كثير دلائل وكانت جريمه كثير كثير صعبه وبتخبر بالتفاصيل الممله شو صار ب 2700 صفحه سو so انا بدعيكم ان تقرون لانه انا بالنسبه لي انه 
فيك انا بفهم انا لبنانيه وبفهم فيك تصير انت اداه للمحكمه بس انا بع انه الاوتكم كان بالنسبه لي كان منيح واكيد في ليسنز ليرنت وهول المحاكم الجديده وكل المحاكم الدوليه بتاخذ وقت الاي سي تي واي كل كل يعني ميلوسيفيتش ما وصلوا له من غير ما اول شيء ما اخذوا سولجر صغير سو بياخذوا وقت هالمحاكم وبدنا نكون نحن عندنا يمكن نفس كمان طويل ميرسي كثير رينا، هلا رينا بتقلنا انا العداله الدوليه يعني عطت نتائج ونزار بان انا لازم نركز طبعا على العداله بلبنان وعلى السيستم بلبنان، طب موسى انت بالنسبه لك وين الاولويات وشو احسن طريقه لنوصل صحيح للعداله؟ I'm sorry I switched to Arabic. No, it's okay, I will answer in English. Um, what's the best way to reach justice? Uh, to reach justice, you have to start by having the will to render justice. Justice, the judicial authority in Lebanon, like in many countries, is an authority, but it is in authority, an authority among other authorities that form the state. Presently, there is no will. There is no will in any of the authorities in Lebanon to do their job. And we are presently with a judicial authority that is not willing to do its job. These are just said before me. Presently, we are in a total lack of justice. We do not have justice. The tri tribunals have been uh, not working for months on every level and not only on criminal level so present so presently we are out of justice what did we have before before we had some kind of a justice we didn't have a full justice we have justice with a lot of impunities and again if i want to translate what nizar said he said we have impunities but we have also immunities between impunity and immunity, there is one letter, which is the M and the P. Practically, in Lebanon, when there is justice, we can have an efficient justice for some people and a lack of justice for other people. So what I can say is, yes, impunity, but also immunity. Thank you very much. Impunity, immunity. Roni. I mean, uh, it looks like uh, from, from what we heard that uh, there is really a need to find an entry point and a leverage. How do you see the role of the civil society in addressing that and pushing for that? Uh, it's an honor to do this on Lukman Slim's birthday. I think he'd be shining at the age of 60. Uh, I think my father would be shining at the age of 70. Uh, I will start by going big, and then I'll answer the question. I think I'll... It's not my place to debate or disagree. I do that on my podcast. I think half the audience has been on the podcast, some of the panelists as well. So I won't go down that road. I'll just expand. Uh, I think it's not enough just to call for an independent judiciary. And I think uh, the ills of sectarianism, corruption, lack of accountability, I don't think that's the story. And I think there is a larger picture that any society would fall apart under. Mm -hmm. There's an external security situation that's based in this country. And I can go even a step further. I would bet that Iran's military regime survivability depends on Lebanon. So that kind of, that kind of situation can cause any society to crash. 
I think Lebanon has crashed under that weight. And it's not just Iran. You go back, we mentioned briefly 2005, and prior to that, the Syrian regime played a fundamental role. But it's not just 15 years of occupation and mismanagement. It's nearly three decades of involvement. So now you're going back to nearly 50 years of a situation where the worst of society is in the foreground, and in the background is the dialogue that any country would have about reform. But to get to reform, the fundamentals of reform, and this includes the change uh, independent MPs today, this includes civil society aspirations, which are not new. This goes back in time now. The fundamental foundational starting point really requires going back to a time when Lebanon was governable and was not under this security dominion. Now you're going back to 1970. I think the dialogue today has to take those considerations into account. I think civil society has started to do so. But now we're in 2022, two years after the largest non-nuclear blast in modern history. That's a burden on Lebanon. Housing ammonium-grade nitrate in our port is a security situation for Lebanon. It's not about sectarianism. It's not about individuals that are corrupt. It's a burden. And the leftovers of that stockpile destroyed the city. So I think any country in that situation would collapse. And civil society says the right things, but I don't think they have the tools necessary to confront a security nightmare that is Iran's survivability in Lebanon. Well, we are really well, Thank you. Thank you. But I mean, you can, are, can we let them clap a little longer? Yeah, please, <laughs> no, please do. Please do. Please. I'm kidding. Please. I'm kidding. Please. 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 Can we move on? Of course. Thank you. <laughs> So really, I mean, uh, uh, obviously, it's, uh, it's, it's very complicated. It's, uh, it's uh, a number of layers that needs really to be unpacked. But at the same time, I mean, uh, do, we, do you think, Nizar, that uh, calling on transitional justice is also something that can help actually push forward uh, the agenda? Okay, uh, transitional justice, Adali Intikali. يعني في نظام عم ينتقل من شيء لشيء وهو لم لم يتم بعد تحول بالنظام اللبناني بعدنا بنفس النظام يلي هو نظام زعامات يلي بميزه عن نظام الطائفي هيدا ما له على نظام الزعامات يلي هي نظام رؤساء قبائل عمليا يلي عم ماسكين البلد ويلي عم بيتحكموا بكل شيء فال فالعدالة الانتقالية بينحكى فيها بكونتكست عم نعمل انتقال للديمقراطية يلي كان كان الهدف انه يبلش ب 17 تشرين ولكن للأسف قوة الحراك اللي حصلت أدت لبعض التحولات ولكن بعد ما انتقلنا لنظام آخر بهيدا الوقت المهم نقدر نحدد بتصور شو المشاكل الأساسية يعني مثلا نحن بال2005 وقت صارت المحكمة الدولية كان واحدة من الأشياء اللي قالها كوفي أنان وكان كتير مهم هيدا الشيء أنه صحيح هذه المحكمة رح تكون مكلفة بس رح تكون مثل ورافعة للعدالة بلبنان وبشان هيك حتى لو كانت مكلفة رح نعملها اللي صار لا 14 أدار ولا 8 أدار اعتبروها رافعة لهيدا الشيء 14 أدار ولا واحد قدم مشروع لاستقلال القضاء ولا حدا عمل مشروع لتحسين العدالة بلبنان 
ولا حدا وثمانية أدار يلي كانت تحكي بالسيادة ما السيادة كمان سيادة قضائية ما بدكم أن تروح على المحاكم الدولية عملوا محاكم وطنية قادرة تحل مشاكل الناس كمان ما عملوا شيء فالاثنين بتصور فشلوا أنهم يروحوا على أبعد من منطقهم وبين أنه منطقهم هو براجماتي أكثر ما هو مبني حقيقة على 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 قيم أو على على وقائع أنا أنا مصر أنه يلي بشوف أكيد اللي حكى روني صحيح إلى حد إلى حد كبير ولكن هيدا الشيء ما بيشرح نظام اللا عدالي بلبنان هيدا بيشرح أشياء ثانية نظام العدالة نظام اللا عدالي بلبنان اللي بيشرحه هو فعلا هالتحكم الكبير لمجموعات لزعامات مجموعات كل واحد منه عم بجرب ياخد اقطاع بالإدارة كل واحد عم ياخد اقطاع بالعدالة عم بجرب يخلي جزء من لبنان تابع لإله من دون أي محاسبة ومن دون أي مساءلة وهيدا اللي بيشرح اليوم ليش لبنوكي مثلا ما حدا عم بيقدر يلاحق والأمور الكبيرة بعد كلها هي بنفس المكان ليش أصغر إنسان بقضايا العمل أكثر من مئات الألوف من الناس انكحشت من العمل ما حدا قدر يحصل حقه بالمحاكم فالإمبيونيتي سيستم واللا عدالة حقيقة متمادة بشكل أكبر بكتير ما بنفترض الكسرات في لبنان المنتشرة البحر والشط يلي كلها يتو مأخود وإلى آخره كلها يتو هيدا بدنا نفكر فيه لما بدنا نحكي عن نظام عدالي ونظام انتقالي المهم اليوم نقدر نحدد شو القيم يلي بدنا نبني الوطن عليها حتى يكون في مشروع متماسك من ناس كتار يقدروا يحملوه ويخوضوا المعركة السياسية تبعه. Yeah, thank you, Nizar. It looks Ronnie, you don't agree with what he said. No, I, I, I'll, I'll expand. It's not that I disagree. On the contrary, I'll just try to add to that. I, I don't think it's an issue of March 14 or March 8 doing the right thing or the wrong thing. Um, I think all of these successful and the attempted assassinations, and the Special Tribunal for Lebanon addresses multiple assassinations and uh, successful and attempted. I think the reason that tribunal exists is because you cannot go after these parties in Lebanon. So I think that's the failure of a country that cannot do its own justice on its terms. And I think if you go further, uh, we have Tariq Bitar, who from my understanding is one of the most qualified judges, investigative judges, whatever, in this country. He cannot do his job. I don't think that's because of March 14 or March 8 discourse. And I, I don't think the pressure on someone like him to not be able to do his job is not Lebanese society or Lebanese fabric. I think that's a security problem for anyone, anyone entering that story. And I'll just say one more thing. It's not about, it, it's when people cross that security line. This includes Lukman Slim. When you cross that line, you get killed. So the March 14 figures that did try to cross that line, some of them are intelligence officials, some of them are talented, I mean, I was at the Basid Flehan statue commemoration last week. There's no reason this man should be dead. You have journalists, diplomats, intelligence officials, and all of the above that were killed by, by crossing into the security matrix that we all want to get rid of. Yeah, but I'm sorry, Ron. It's like you are saying that impunity exists only in those cases, while impunity exists also in other cases, which are not linked to political assassination. 
So, I mean, uh, so yes, I understand fully your point, but what we are trying to discuss here is really to find leverages and entry points where justice is really addressed across the, bo the board. It's not only for political assassination, for the victims of the explosion of the port and for all the other injustice that are happening in this country. And without really systematically approaching it, we are, not, I mean, Lebanon is not going uh, to, be, to, to get there, right? 52 years of no agency in determining your fate. Lost sovereignty, lost independence, whatever you want to call it. This is now the collateral damage to at least two generations that have lived under this weight. And everything else that is collapsing today is a byproduct. You can get into cosmetics. You can actually apply things on the fringe. You can have competent ministers in today's government, for example, that can actually do limited stuff. But if you want to actually overhaul things and finally reform the system, you have to lift this burden off of our shoulders. There's simply no other way to get there. Rena. Yeah, if I may add, I, I agree with both of uh, Nizar and Roni. But I want to say that we don't have a problem with the security because before we had a country, we didn't have a country. We today, if we took our own country to the UN, we didn't have a country. وفيكم تعترفون انه نحن بلد بالقانون الدولي العام هن ثلاث في ثلاث مكونات اساسيه للبلد حدود مرسمين بنعرف كل المشاكل اللي عندنا اياها بالموضوع السياده بنعرف انه ما موجوده وشعب بده نفس الشيء وكمان ما بنعرف انه اذا كلنا بدنا نفس الشيء فقبل ما انه يكون نحكي بالعداله نحن لازم يكون نقبل انه نعمل وطن اول شيء وبعدين هوليك يعني بتصور المبادئ بصيروا يمكن اوتوماتيكيه اسرع تطبقوا والشغل الثاني اكيد هو الفساد الفساد يلي يمكن هو مش بس على نطاق السياسيين الفساد يعني للاسف يعني الشعب كمان يعني كل كلنا يمكن على قصص يمكن على نطاق اصغر واكبر وهيك يعني مشاركين احنا هيدا بالكالتشر تبعنا هيدا الشيء لازم يغير وهيدول الشغلتين اعتبرنا صاروا موجودين، بالنسبة لإلي كمان ليصير عندنا عدالة في كثير أشياء، تقنيات مثلا ما عندنا إياها، مثلا بالتحقيق المرفق، في قاضي تحقيق واحد، بتعرفوا إنه بأوكلاهوما سيتي ب 1995 وقت صار البومبينج، كان في 2592 محقق، نحن عندنا محقق عدلي واحد، يعني ما كيف بده يعمل شغله أصلا لو خلوه لو كل هيدا الشيء، كيف يعمل شغله؟ بعدين نحن ما عندنا نظام حمايه الشهود سو بكل هالكيسز الكبار اللي هن بوليتيكال المرفق كيف بده يقدم واحد يقول انا شفت شيء اذا ما في حدا يحميه انا كنت شفت مره قاضي وكان عم يخبرني قد ايه في اشياء بالقضاء وكوربشن قلت له فيك تقرب وتجي تحكي تخبرنا تحميني ما في ما في حمايه سو هيدول الاشياء لازم ينحلوا كمان لحتى لنوصل للعداله yeah, but you talked about uh, this, but I think there are also a number of issues regarding the rights of the accused and the rights of the prisoners. So maybe, Musa, can you please elaborate on that? I would just like to elaborate on what you, uh, what you said. I might not agree with uh, Dr. Swear about uh, nation and states, different subject. Uh, practically to go back to justice, because justice is what uh, brings us together here today. Uh, what we have of justice is very limited. Uh, very limited, once again, by all the impunity. The immunity, it's very limited by our 
acceptance of amnesty. And uh, as you know, uh, amnesty is, comes from amnesia, and amnesia is not even a pardon. It's just asking those victims to forget what happened to them. We are not even asking those who did something to ask to be forgiven. We are just asking those victims to just forget what happened to them. So again, justice in Lebanon is presently inexistent. When it existed, it had some limitations. The main limitation was not to address anything which was political assassination because it was, there was some kind of a taboo saying justice should not look into those cases, those, uh, those assassinations are to be kept out of the justice. If I, can go, if I go back to what we are doing today for Lokman Slim assassination, we are fighting to reach justice in the system that we have. Nizar uh, talked, and Andrena talked about international justice. We are not there yet. When, Niza, when, when, when Lukman uh, was assassinated two years ago, the family said we want international justice, i.e. a justice at the level of the international standards. We, as a family, are following with what we have of, of national justice, we are seeking justice in Lebanon. If we don't reach it, we'll go outside. Thank you. I still think that it's important to address the right-based approach, you know, because this is also part of the justice. So, Aya, maybe you can tell us more. And I have heard a number of stories regarding really the abuse and the violation of the basic rights also of those who are accused with the waiting for years and years for trials and so on. So we need to address justice from all its components and not only one, uh, one, uh, one uh, lens. Aya. Sure. I mean, as, as you mentioned, the rights of the accused are also very important and constantly being infringed on in Lebanon. So I'll give the example of the Beirut blast case, where there are currently about 15 people who have been in pretrial detention for over two years. Uh, the investigation is currently suspended with no prospect of it resuming anytime soon. So you have individuals who have been in prison for more than two years, and it looks like their imprisonment is indefinite. And this is allowed to happen because under the laws related to the Judicial Council, there are no limits on pretrial detention. And so the judge can hold those individuals indefinitely in pretrial detention, and the decisions of the investigative judge aren't subject to any form of appeal. And therefore, there's no other review, no other judge that can look into the decisions of the investigative judge to keep those individuals detained pretrial. This is you know, the main problem that we're, we're facing now with the case of the detained due to the port blast explosion. But also, um, there are several other uh, violations that we documented, including um, the fact that those individuals still don't know the charges against them. The charges range from uh, homicide to causing pollution. Um, and the individuals who are in detention also range from the head of the port and the head of the customs administration to low-level employees who were uh, working in welding works on the day of the explosion. None of them know the specific charges against them. They're presented just with a list of uh, charges that could be applicable to them. Um, in addition, many of them were detained at the beginning uh, of the 
of the you know right after the port uh, right after the explosion without a judicial order and so they spent up to some of them spent up to two weeks in detention arbitrarily because there was no ju judicial decision to detain them uh, many of them aren't allowed to meet with their lawyers in private there are always two people two guards with them in the room during their meetings so these are a whole host of problems that we've documented with in the case of the port detainees but of course they aren't exclusive to the port detainees these are problems that we document on a daily basis in Lebanon's uh, system. Thank you, Aya. Andreas, I'm, I'm coming back to you for two things. The first one, can, uh, you know, unfortunately, there are also uh, European victims, uh, uh, you know, among those are victims of the port explosion. And obviously, uh, there is accountability in those countries, and there is a need for justice in those countries. Uh, otherwise, uh, I mean, uh, everybody will have to resign, I mean, if they are not serving uh, justice. So can this be used as a leverage here? are using those cases actually and using it as a, as a leverage for Lebanon. Uh, that's my first question. My second one, in many cases, uh, I know that a number of countries are really putting compliance with human rights as really a criteria actually to support. Is this something that uh, you think can apply to justice as well? Over to you. Thank you, Najat. Um, in our case, we have a prosecutor in Germany following the uh, killing of uh, the two German nationals, uh, colleague of mine and Isaac. Um, the problem we have as, or the problem the prosecutor in Germany has is that he has no access to um, the documents or the, uh, or the witnesses and so on and so on. So he has to rely fully on uh, Tarek Vitar's uh, final report. He will then start his uh, investigation on the basis of what uh, Tarek Bittar has found out in his report and he will maybe come then and discuss with him and others and maybe then there will be a chance to see some of the witnesses. So I don't see that at the moment um, there is a leverage we have in terms of um, from the uh, judicial side, from German judicial side on, on Tarek Bittar or on uh, the justice system here. Um, I think what there could be rather is a political pressure, of course, because we have an interest that uh, our the interests of our nationals are guarded. So this is also one of my tasks uh, as a as an ambassador. Um, so I see rather a political chance for pressure on uh, pushing on the on the trial, uh, on the investigation here. Um, but not a judicial uh, possibility. <coughs> on uh, conditions uh, in terms of human rights and uh, and so on, in uh, on uh, our support, financial support or other support for this country, yes, of course, this is enshrined in uh, many of the documents and the notes, uh, exchange of notes and so on, whatever we do. Um, uh, I'm not sure we've ever stopped any cooperation with Lebanon on the basis of not uh, uh, serving or preserving the human rights situation here. I'm I'm not sure. Um, maybe it's not that explicit either in the in the documents. Um, um, but I don't think we use this as a uh, as a condition 
for our support. What we do as international community, of course, is we say that there's no, there's humanitarian aid, of course, yeah, there's humanitarian imperative, unconditioned, but there's no uh, long-term support, no infrastructure support before any reforms are being done. That's, but that's a different, uh, different caseload. Uh, can I? Um, yes, you can. Add, <laughs> thank you. Uh, on what uh, uh, Reina said on the length of the trial, the STL uh, trial. I'm, you know, I've been I've been here only for two years, and I'm I'm learning every day. And it's not for me to. Uh, uh, judge uh, the expectations of the Lebanese towards uh, the judiciary, but um, while preparing for this panel, I realized that we also in Germany, and maybe that is a contribution to the whole discussion, um, have uh, sometimes trials that take a long time or judicial developments that take a long time. I, I give you one example. In <coughs> German history until 1945 is well known. Um, uh, six, six million Jews were killed in concentration camps in, uh, by Germans and others uh, allied to Germans, but mostly by Germans. After the Second World War, there were the Nuremberg trial against uh, crimes against humanity. 20 years later, there were the Auschwitz trials in, in Germany for the first time uh, properly done by German judges, uh, but only in the year 2011, for the first time, so almost 60 years after uh, the Second World War, more than 60 years after the Second World War, for the first time someone was judged in court because of indirect, uh, indirect support for killing someone in a concentration camp. Um, this was an Ukrainian uh, concentration camp guard. We have had uh, roughly, I think, 50, uh, fif last week or so, 50 investigations and some trials and so on. But it took a very long time to, uh, to come to uh, a status or an idea that should have been there much earlier, but it simply wasn't, wasn't there. And, um, uh, when we talk about uh, these big trials or these trials like the like the STL uh, on Rafi Karia, I think they have also a uh, function in um, uh, allowing or facilitating a historiographic uh, reading of uh, of uh, of developments, which allow that uh, maybe a whole nation uh, can change uh, its mind. I don't think that's the case with the STL, because for many reasons. One of the reasons, I think, is that it did not happen here. <laughs> uh, I think the last uh, verdicts were, not, were hardly mentioned in the press here. It's not, there's no link to what, what happened, and uh, I think that's a failure. And uh, I think this is one of the disadvantages when you have international justice coming in. I think this would have been uh, different if a such a trial were possible in Lebanon. And um, it has a consequence for um, the potential narratives and the potential uh, discussions that uh, are possible in, in the country and in society. 
Thank you, Andreas. I mean, that brings me to the question regarding is there need actually to a renewed uh, social contract? Because depending of the cases you are addressing and you are discussing, you won't have the same ask of justice from all the Lebanese. And therefore, this is really s not something that is anchored and, s and an ask that come from everybody as something that is a must. And I really would like to hear all of you on that. Nizar. أول شيء ببلش إنه ننظر للعدالة فعلاً كمفهوم إنه كل الناس متساويين وفي المصلحة العامة من خلالها عم تبين مشان هيك يعني الانتباه لكل الفئات يلي متضررة من لا عدالة مهم حتى نعرف شو بدنا وتنعرف وين المشكل الحقيقي أنا يعني بعرف إنه في اليوم اهتمام كبير ب بقضيه الاغتيال السياسي وبعرف قديش مهم هيدا الشيء لحفظ الديمقراطيه وكذا ولكن المشكل اكبر من هيك في مجازر حصلت بلبنان في جرائم ضد الانسانيه وجرائم حرب حصلت وعم تحصل بلبنان وبالمنطقه وهيدي كلها يتبرات اي محاسبه يعني لما انتهت الحرب ال 15 سنه بال 1990 كان في قانون عفو هل استثنى المجازر والجرائم ضد الإنسانية مثل ما بيحصل باتفاقية جنيف مثل ما بيحصل مثل ما حصل بعد الحرب العالمية الثانية لا لاستثنته هي الجرائم ضد القادة السياسيين اعتبرت هيدا أخطر شيء هيدا أخطر شيء إنه في فهون بلش إنه عم تختلط المفاهيم نحن بدل ما نجي نعترف بالإنسان كإنسان وقد أهميته كفرد وكبيئة وكوطن عم 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 نروح على تقديس الشخصيات السياسية أجمالا بهيدا النظام يلي نعمل بعد العفو وفعلا كل نظام يلي بعد بعد العفو كان مبني على هيدا هيدا النوع من التقديس اليوم يلي صار بالمرفأ لتعطيل العدالة استعملوا الحصانات استعملوا الهجوم على القضاء استعملوا تهديد القضاء التنمير على القضاء كل هيدي الأساليب هي نفسها عم بيستخدموها بكل الأشياء الثانية ولو بمستويات أخف وبالتالي الأساليب كلها عم تستخدم فمشان هيك عم أقول لما الواحد ببرر لحاله كل هالأساليب معناتها في شيء لازم يتضبط على هيدا المستوى وفي وضوح بالرؤية لازم يرجع أنه كيف في مؤامرة على العدالة عم تنعمل من كل الفرقة ولازم أنه يتم التصدي لهذه الشغلة بشكل موحد وتوحيد لما بنشوف كل هذه الأشياء أنا ما بقدر أنسى أنه الأنهار بلبنان انقتلت ونحن عم نتفرج لأنه ما حدا قادر يحاسب المعمل اللي عم بكب السم فيها ما فيني أنسى أنه الهواء بلبنان كله تلوث لأنه ما حدا قادر يجبر معمل يحط فلتر أو كذا كل هيدي أمور اسمها عدالة بالآخر بعتذر ما طولت لا بس بالآخر أنت بتحكي كمان على مسؤولية اللبنانيين لأنه ما فينا بس نحكي على على النظام أو على المؤسسات اللبنانيين كمان عندهم مسؤولية في هيدا المجال تمام أنت بموضوع المرفأ كان في لما بلشت قضية أول ما بلشت الناس كلها كانت مع طارق بيطار كل الناس يعني بأربع آب الماضي لأول مرة يمكن بتاريخ لبنان عندك عشرات الألاف من الناس عم تهتف لقاضي وعم تقول للقاضي هيدا الوضوح يلي انعمل بالرؤية وقتها ضد الحصانات وضد نظام وحماية الناس وإلى آخره 
العمل حملة طويلة عريضة بشاركوا فيها كل الميديا وجزء كبير من الطبقة السياسية لحتى يضربوا هيدا الوضوح وفجأة تحول للقاضي هو المتهم كان 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 كانت كانت القضية هي الضحايا وهي الناس وفجأة قدروا ينجحوا بخطاب عام مدروس و و و و و وماكيافيلي إذا بدك لحتى يحولوا التهمة على القاضي مثل ما عم بيصير بكثير قضايا ثانية عم تتحول التهمة من قضية عدالة لقضية على القاضي فصل ما جاوبتني على مسؤولية اللبناني أكيد المسؤولية اللبناني أكيد مسؤولية اللبناني بس اللبناني يعني كمان ما تنسي انه زاد كثير الوعي بعد 17 تشرين زاد كثير مستوى الوعي والمعرفه بهذا المحل والناس بدها تعرف بس كمان زادت الحاجه كثير وبالانتخابات الاخيره قديش استثمروا الحاجه وقديش استغلوا الحاجه حتى يقدروا يحافظوا على مراكزهم ويحافظوا على الغالبيه عندهم. ثانك يو رينا أنا رح جاوبك بقول لك إنه نحن ما عندنا حزب الانتماء للوطن أكيد، دونك ما عندنا مواطنية وهيدا أكيد مشكل كثير كبير، وبالنسبة للمرفأ يعني حتى نجحوا إنه يقسموا المتضررين، يعني حتى المتضررين هلا مقسومين بهالموضوع. فالمشكلة اللي عندنا نحن كثير أكبر بس مضبوط صار في وعي، يعني بس بعدنا كثير كثير بعاد عن ال عنه صار ولازم نقعد يعني بالنسبه للامنستي لو بالحرب مضبوط انه الكل كل عفا كل على كل مدى بس كان في شيء واحد بعد ماشي اللي هو قضايا المفقودين لانه قضايا المفقودين هي كونتينوس كرايم سو ما فيهم يشملها القانون عن هيك دونك هذا الشيء الوحيد الكرام اللي بعد فينا نحكي فيه وانا يعني معنا السيده ودات حلواني ونحن بنشكر النضال السيده ودات حلواني من 82 عم بتكافح وما من يلي قليلين كثار ما تعبوا وكلوا ويعني بعد ما في اكثر من 30 سنه قدرت تنتزع قانون بالنسبه للمفقودين والمخفيين قسرا بال 2018 سو so انا بالنسبه لي قدوه لنا السيده وداد ولازم بتصور انه كلنا نكون يعني نضلنا مامنين انه يعني ما عم نحكي بس تنحكي لانه عندنا امل انه بدنا نظبط شيء وان شاء الله بيزبط ثانك يو روني add again not to disagree i'll just I'll, i'll add what i think about in terms of important uh, occasions which the ambassador mentioned 1945 as a fundamental change of circumstance i would actually go to the more maybe cliche example of 1989 where east germany and east berlin spent months if not years trying to protest against a situation not under their control the Berlin Wall collapses when that paradigm shifts. And 32 years later, it's unrecognizable today. You'd have to actually do your research to remember how bad things were in the eastern part of Berlin and in East Germany. If I'm not mistaken, the Berlin Wall was chipped as the Ta'if Agreement was signed. This is hours apart. If you fast forward 32 years later, look at this country and look at reform in this country. I think the aspirations are the same. And I think the goal for reform is the same goal. It's a shared goal. And I don't think reform started in October 17, 2019. The emphasis shifted, but there are reformers trying always in Lebanon, and they fail. And I don't think it's their fault. Which goes back to the other question of, um, I think you asked about social so it's the fault, uh, whose fault it is? Because you know, it's always the fault of someone else. There are 
times in history where it is someone else's fault. <laughs> and I don't think East Berliners should be blamed for the wall that went up. It is their victory that the wall came down, but the heroism happens when Soviet troops do not enter East Germany. And the East German regime does not fight back. Things change forever. And of course, it takes maybe six, seven decades, but the fact is no one was questioning Nazis' involvement in killing Jews. And there are many success stories in the Nuremberg trials and all the other things that happened. Us, we are begging for a special tribunal that gives us watered down emotional responses. And you're right, time does make a big difference. And it didn't happen here, yes, absolutely. And you're right, the verdict, that was it two, three weeks ago, whenever it happened, very, very few people even, even noticed or cared. But I don't think that's because Lebanese want the situation to persist. I wouldn't blame Lebanese for that reality. When you challenge Hezbollah in this country in an effective way, you're either killed or you end up like the worst crowd in Lebanon that has been governing us. Which I'll just add, Nizal, one thing. I agree with you. The most pandering, mediocre politicians that we grew up with and we're living with are the collateral to decades of either assassinations or compromising agents or for that matter, politicians that used to fight the regime and are part of it today. Quick analogy, Michel Hon was the loudest, most volatile anti-Syrian, anti-Hezbollah figure in the 1980s, 1990s. He comes back to Lebanon, he's part of the regime and he supports it. Saad Hariri is the son of Rafiq Hariri. His career is actually defined now as Hezbollah's preferred prime minister. And I think Nabih Berri, if I'm not, correct me if I'm wrong, has the most Hezbollah soldiers' blood on his hands in the 1980s. And today, he's their preferred alternative. I don't blame Lebanese for that or sectarianism for that. That is something beyond our control. When you test the waters, you're either kicked out, you're in self-imposed exile, or you're killed. This is from intelligentsia, from traditional politicians to everyone in every aspect of Lebanese society. Frankly, I don't know a single example of a country who got uh, reforms and uh, changes and transformation happening uh, without a real, uh, you know, without time and without really also the people pushing for it. I mean, so, um, uh, Musa, I would like to hear from you. What could the people have done more than what they did on October 17 and the days after? Uh, Tens of thousands of people, maybe hundreds of thousands of people all over Lebanon gathered to ask for a different state for a reform, for something new at all levels. They stayed on the streets for weeks until they got exhausted and went back home because they felt they couldn't face the regime which was much stronger than they were. To go back to, the, to justice. Uh, talking about justice for me here is talking about the judicial system. Uh, because practically in Lebanon, the, judici ju the judicial system, the state judicial system is one uh, of many dispu dispute resolution bodies. You know that in Lebanon, uh, it's maybe one of the uh, 
few countries where you have the state judicial system, you have the religious judicial tribunals, you have the tribal judicial system, and the Lebanese have come to some kind of an accepting those alternative dispute resolution instead of having the state. Why? Not because they like it more, because practically they are facing a lack of justice. I cannot even talk of injustice. In certain cases, we have injustice or injustice. But most of the cases, we are facing lack of justice. And unfortunately, or fortunately, for me it's unfortunately, the Lebanese people have ways around. If we didn't have ways around, we would be shouting and trying to change things. But we unfortunately, by our nature, we try to go around problems to find alternative solutions to those problems. And practically, even in justice, we are also trying to find solutions and not addressing the real problem. Thank you, Musa. Andreas. Um, uh, Musa just uh, mentioned that for him justice is mainly the judiciary uh, aspect of it. But uh, if you look at it, and um, again, I'm not here to, to teach anyone, but uh, it comes to my mind that uh, amnesty law in 1991 directly led to a, a lack of uh, distributive justice because it allowed the warlords at the time to continue as they wanted to do and um, are still there uh, with their system so uh, which contributed to the uh, definitely contributed to the disastrous economic situation as we have it now um, so I guess uh, if you're asking about a social contract a new social contract this has the potential I think to uh, make good what the amnesty law maybe did wrong in the sense that it continued and um, uh, uh, solidified the situation as it was after the after the civil war. Ah, yeah. I mean, I, I think I'm in the middle. I'm very critical of people who blame the Lebanese for everything that has befallen them. But I also wouldn't you know, throw our hands up in the air and say there's nothing that we can do because there's an outside power who is controlling a lot. I think there is a middle ground. And I think that the Lebanese throughout the years, you know, in 2015 against the trash crisis, and in 2019 with the nationwide, with the uprising, I think people are trying to reclaim uh, the country, the nation, what it means to be Lebanese. And I think that we're starting to see a very big generational divide between the younger generation who participated in those movements and who have less affiliation to the sectarian politicians than you know, our parents and their parents did before. But the situation we're in now is every, you know, even in the face of such huge popular mobilization in every you know, small town and city across the country for weeks on end, people weren't able to achieve very much because they realized that the system itself from you know, the 
politics, to the judiciary, to the business and commercial interests, to the banking sector, they're all intertwined. And it's very, very difficult for popular mobilization to get rid of this system just like that. I think you know the work that organizations like Legal Agenda are doing in raising public awareness, trying to you know introduce certain bills into parliament, trying to uh, you know be a monitor over the work that parliament does. I think these are all incremental steps. But we are now in a space where I think people are very, very disillusioned with their ability to affect change. But here, you know, if I can, I, I don't want to let the international community off the hook. I'm sorry. Um, you know, I, I agree that the international community shouldn't interfere in you know affairs of Lebanon. But also, there are certain international legal obligations, certain international treaties, and certain international systems that were set up to deal with situations like, for example, the killing of human rights defenders, like the explosion uh, in the in the Beirut port, and the fact that the international community is not taking the steps necessary to use this legal system that was created after World War II in order to further human rights, I think is, is a you know, fault on the part of the international community. So what we're asking for in the case of Lebanon are two things. One is uh, an international investigation into the Beirut blast. And this is not a tribunal. This is not like the STL, and it doesn't replace the domestic prosecutions uh, in Lebanon. The two are very different. So the domestic prosecutions establish individual criminal accountability, and there's a trial, and people you know, have prison time afterwards if they're, if they're found guilty. An international investigation would not do that. It would determine what the Lebanese state's responsibility was in violating the right to life of its residents. It's a very different aim. Of course, the hope is that the international investigation would assist the domestic investigation. As you mentioned, lack of resources is a big issue, but it does not replace it. Um, the second is the issue of sanctions. You know, we don't advocate for sanctions against an entire country. Those often end up harming the population, not the leaders. But there are individual targeted sanctions that can be applied to those who are engaged in grave corruption and human rights abuses. And many countries around the world, including the UK, uh, the US, Canada, the European Union, have some form of these sanctions regimes to hold individuals accountable when they commit these grave corruption or human rights abuses. And yes, the international community did pass a framework last, uh, or the EU did pass a framework last year for sanctioning Lebanese uh, leaders, but then didn't place anyone on those sanctions list. So when you wield a you know, stick, you need to follow through, or, or else the Lebanese politicians get comfortable thinking that they can keep going the way that they have been for the last 30 years without, you know, without any accountability. Yeah. Thank you. I have been asked to be very provocative in my questions. It's not because I heard uh, Musa saying blaming. I'm not here to blame anyone. I, on the country, we are here really to try to find together ways for things to move. And it will take time. I mean, uh, yes, and I don't think that we can say that the uprise in October 2019 did not lead to some changes. I mean, we have also to give them the credit. But the way, there is a long way ahead. So it takes uh, patience, persistence, and of course, continuation of the fact. I would like now to open the floor for questions. Yes? Fikum tis'alu bil'arabi taban. Okay. Tfaddan. Uh, 
First of all, I would like to thank uh, dear Ronnie because he. Can you please introduce yourself? Thank I you. am Bahjat Salami. I'm the vice president of Liqa Sayyid al Jabal and one of the founders of the Lebanese Council of uh, the Evacuation of the Iranian Occupation from Lebanon. And this council proved that Lebanon is really actually occupied. And you are talking about justice without, without mentioning that the basic and the head of all justice and legal issues is the constitution. We are living in a country where 80% of our constitution is not yet implemented. None of you mentioned that. Mr. Nizar mentioned the system of the, uh, what you call the presence of the gangs. Yes, but this is a result, Mr. Nizar. This is not the reason. The reason is because we are, and we proved that we are an occupied country, a totally occupied country on every single inches of the 10,452 kilometers square. So this is why Muhammad Shatah was killed. Muhammad Shatah was the first one to point on the Iranian occupation and Mamis over Lebanon. Luqman, with whom I had the pride to work with, was one of the people who proved the occupation. And when we say we are an occupied country, this, all the injustice we are talking about, and you mentioned, is a result and is not the reason. So you are talking about the result and in order to find the reason or the uh, solution, I think we should all discuss and talk about the reason and the source. So thank you everyone, with respect to everyone, but I really thank Ronnie and Rena especially because there is a little bit, and talking about civil society. Civil society did what they had to do. We have a new member of the panel. <laughs> so, no, the question is, the civil society that you are talking about, we are not in Sri Lanka, we are not in Egypt, we are an occupied country. It's not the problem of our leaders or about the uh, administrators. It's a truck between the mafia and the militia. The militia protects the mafia and the mafia has all the rest. So I would have liked that this panel, especially on Lokman anniversary, talks about what Lokman would have liked to talk about the real reason which is occupation and not the result of the occupation. Thank you. Thank you very much. Uh, other intervention? Qu yes, please. Um, Marie-Jo Sader, I'm a journalist for Lorient Le Jour. I'm quite disappointed because uh, Mrs. Najat Saliba just left the room. <laughs> and I don't know if there's any other MP uh, who was invited. But I was not here in the first beginning of the conference and I don't know if you talked about the parliament. Can we talk about justice without talking about uh, the parliament? Uh, you were, Mrs. Najat, you were talking about the people of Lebanon and their will. In a democracy, people uh, are represented by the parliament. What is doing Lebanese parliament? Uh, and we have two cases that can show how weak and non-efficient uh, is this parliament. Is first that 
There is a reform for justice which is sleeping in this parliament, which will prevent the political interference in our uh, judicial system, which is, uh, <laughs> they are naming all the judges of our country and these judges are taking decisions according to, to corruption, fear, and they're under pressure. And the parliament is not voting for this. Second, we all laugh every time about what's going on with the port blast, because we say every time uh, these uh, accused are um, uh, filing complaints against Tarek Bitar, and he's like forced to suspend the probe, and they're doing this all the time. But do you know that if the parliament wants, he can stop this. He can just uh, stop this law and vote another one. So, uh, yeah, I would have loved to hear some new MPs uh, about that. Wh which is a bit dis despairing for me is that uh, most of these MPs were re-elected today, so I don't know what's the future about, um, of our parliament. So, thank you. Thank you. Monsieur? واليوم هو ذكرى فعلا ذكرى كتير للقمان الله يرحمه لقمان اللي كان الأب الروحي لجمعية المعتقلين اللبنانيين بالسجون السورية اللي مسكنا عائدنا من سنة 2008 لحد ما توفى وعبتكمل مونيكا أنا ما في شيء من العدالة اللي بطلبها إلا عدالة إلهية لمعتقلين اللي هن بالسجون السورية اللي عددهم 622 معتقل ما زالوا بالسجون السورية وهيدي العدالة هي هاي بتضل منقوصة بالدولة بتضل منقوصة كرامتها إذا ما استعادت كل معتقلين من الخارج وخاصة من السجون السورية أنا بس إذا بتسمحوا لي بدي أخذ دقيقتين دقيقتين زيادة وأحكي بشغل صغيرة قصة يعني كان صلي سبعة أيام بالمعتقل كنت كلني مكسر مطبش بزنزانة وبلحظة صغيرة فتح الباب بقوة وزدتوا لي ولد صغير عمره شي 12-13 سنة على الغرفة هالصبي كمان الدم فيه شفت حالي فيه لأنه كله مدمى ومكسر مطبش مثلي مثله جربت تحط إيدي على وجهه تربني بعدين خبرته أنه أنا معتقل لبناني وأنت مثل ابني وشوي هدي خبرني أنه هو لقى بالزبالة 13 قنبلة جابون كمشون مخابرات وفكروا مع الإخوان المسلمين لأنه عم يحكيكم أنا بالسبع بنهاية الثمانينات تقريبا هالصبي نظفت له جروحه شوي ارتاح ما عندي شيء كان مقطوع عني أكل المي ممنوعة عنا كان صلي فترة بسيطة يعني سبعة أيام ما عندي شيء صبي صار يبكي قال لي عمو بدي بدي طلب منك قلت إن شاء الله ما يطلب قلت له لا ما عندي لا خبز عندي لا أكل عندي شو بدك قال لي بدي ماما حط صدره راسه على صدري عبطته صار يبكي وأنا بكيت لأنه بلحظتها كمان أنا بدي أمي كمان بدنا أمنا وأنا هالعدالة هيدي ما بتتحقق بعدالة حقيقية بلنا العدالة الإلهية لتتحقق من العراق نلحق سوريا لليمن للبنان لأنه نحن محتلين من إيران وهالاحتلال هيدا هو اللي مغيب كل هالعدالة عنا وشكرا لكم شكرا
Thank you. Um, my name is Nadim Shade. I'm known as the champion of many lost causes. Um, I want to, <laughs> yes. Um, I mean, we owe it to Lokman today to speak the truth. And the truth is that Lokman was assassinated with bullets in his head. If we sit here and we say that Lokman was a heavy smoker, used to drink, didn't exercise, had high cholesterol, and, and all that, we are, in a way, diverting from the truth. And the truth is very valuable. And what the Special Tribunal for Lebanon gave us was the truth. And I, so I want to ask my friend Nizar, and I want to ask Aya, who represent two very important institutions in Lebanon um, that look for justice, that when you divert attention, why are you ignoring the truth? Why, what have you produced about the Special Tribunal for Lebanon? Because hiding the truth is also serious, uh, a, a, serious a serious matter uh, on, on that. Or ignoring the truth is also a serious matter. And I've looked at, I mean, I'm a very avid reader of everything that you produce <laughs> in, the, in the agenda, uh, in the agenda. Uh, but I've never seen anything about, about, the, about, the special, about the special tribunal. And the same with, with, uh, with uh, um, uh, Human Rights Watch also. Thank you. Thank you very much. I'll take two other questions so we can give, so we can give an opportunity to the panelists to reply to it. Three questions. Fihon, yes, and, uh, and here. Okay, my name is Zena Zerbe. I'm a psychologist lecturer at St. Joseph University of Beirut. Uh, كيف كنا ننزل باليو اس جي ونشارع ونحمل ونصرخ سوريا طلعي برا وناكل رش مي ويتوقفوا الشباب بيناتنا وينحطوا بالحبس انا بتذكر كل مانيفيستاسيون عملناها تنطلب بس بالسياده اللبنانيه ايام نحن كنا ستودنتس انا اللي بدي اقوله انه اي عداله بس ما يكون عندنا حقوق برجع بتذكر بس نزلنا من بعد ما اغتالوا رفيق الحريري وكل حدا من ما بسميهم شهداء انا 14 اذار ضحايا 14 اذار لان في اغتيال شهيد بده يموت منه قديس هيدا ما في شهداء هي كلتور الشهيد مانا لوجيك بلعونا اياها تنقعد نترحم عليهم وما نطلب الحقيقه بحقهم بتذكر كنا ننزل وكل ما ننزل نطالب يقتلوا واحد كل يوم يجينا مات بيير جميل مات هيدا مات هيدا كل ما يغتالوا واحد ننزل على الشارع يغتالوا اللي بعده صفينا خاف ننزل الناس خافت الشعب اللبناني تروماتيزي تيتانيزي انا بتذكر كل شيء صار كل شيء كنا على الارض انا كنت ب17 تشرين فتحنا خيمه قعدنا ولقمان كان تحت واخر وحده من الخيم اللي كنت انا ولقمان قاعدين فيها فاتوا بالقمصان السود وصرخوا شيعة 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 هو وقف بوجهن وتبلش يتضحك قال لي ما تخافي تعي نوقف بوجهن قلت له لا انا ما فيي ما رح روح فداهن ركدت عيط للجيش قلت له وطن بليز عم بعيطوا شيعة نازلين بالسلاح عمول شيء ما عمل شيء الجيش بتذكر كنا نعمل جروب دو باغول تنحضن بلانير عم بحكي فيهم لان كان على العلن يجوا الطلاب يقولوا لي ماما خايفه علينا ما بقى فينا ننزل نحن خايفين يعملوا لنا شيء الناس وقفت تنزل بعد 17 تشرين 
نحن الحق من حقوق الانسان كلها، الحق بالاكسبريسيون، لو دوا على في، حق بالحياه، الحق بس الواحد يعبر عن الاوبينيون بوليتيك تبعه بلا ما حدا يضطهده، نحن اضطهدنا، حرقوا الثوره، بعثوا لنا مخابراتهم على الارض، الشاب يلي يبيع الهيدا انا بتذكر كنا بنوفمبر سقعه وانا تحت وانزل يقولوا لي فتحت الكابينات تحت او سكرتي ينكتوا معي بالعيله، اوكي بس انا كنت انزل وضلينا ننزل وصار من بعد 4 اب ونزلنا وانا كمان صار عندي مثلي حدا ومن بعدها وكمان لقمان كلنا عشنا وعشنا لقمان اللي اللي قتلوه انا اليوم بس اكتب ما قالوا بينزلوا لي الاوريون لوجور كلهم بيقولوا لي رح نلاقيكي ميته على شيكوع انه هيدا الشيء نحن حريتنا اللي عم ندافع عنها مش الشعب اللبناني ما عمل شيء شعب اللبناني شعب تيتانيزي تروماتيزي حدا من اهالي الضحايا قالت لي وين الشعب عم بيحرقوا السيلو قلت لها شعب ما بقى قادر شعب خايف شعب بانسي اوبيراتوار بتعرفوا شو يعني بس واحد ياخذ اول كف ثاني كف ثالث كف بيمشي وخلص ما بقعد مركز كيف الناس تروماتيزي وجههم ما بقعد في اكسبريسيون هيدا هو الشعب هيدا سوري انا حكيت كثير بس بدي اعطي اسبي بسيكولوجيك ما بدي ينهمل من الوضع يلي نحن فيه اليوم جراء سياسه سياسه الترهيب والسلاح غير شرعي مش رح طول Um, hi, I'm Lien, and I don't represent anyone other than myself. I mean, everyone is impressive. Uh, my question is uh, a kind of what, I'm sorry, I forgot your name, what the last person said, which I agree with a lot, but I don't really know what is there to do. Like, we live in such anxiety, and talking is so nice, and it's so inspiring, but what is there to do, especially for my generation? I'm 20. I still have... Inshallah, so many years to do, to, to, to go, you know? So other than the psychological effect, is there, a, like, do you think in the system that we are today with the international aspects of everything, because we cannot say that we are, we cannot build a country without taking in consideration country, other countries like Iran, but also the US, um, Israel, Russia, and all of the superpowers that are in place right now. So I think uh, today it's a very special, like it's a very special context that has never been seen before because of, you know, globalization. So is there a way to unionize? Is there a way for mutual aid that can be done? Um, and also to deal with the types of justices that Musa uh, talked about, which is religious, but also state. Um, so that's my, that's my question. What's the plan? <laughs> مساء الخير جميعا وسأتكلم بالعربية حسن الأمين من مؤسسة العلامة الأمين للتعارف والحوار to know each other foundation صراحة ستكون مداخلة أكثر منها أسئلة إذا أمكن يعني بعد إذنك أولا تحية للقمان في عيد ميلاده لقمان سليم قبل أن يغتال تعرض للتحريض المحرض هو مسؤول عن الجريمة أيضا 
والساكت عن التحريض مسؤول عن الجريمة في الأمثال تروى في الأمثال العربية القديمة وأيضا عن السيد المسيح عليه السلام بما يملح الملح إذا الملح فسد نحن الذي نريد دولة المواطنة والمؤسسات إننا ندافع عن دولة لا تدافع عمن يدافع عنها ولا تحميهم بل أصبحنا نشعر أن من هم في الدولة هم يريدون السلاح خارجها وهم يريدون الفساد أيضا فما هو مصير هذه المعاهدات التي أقامتها الدولة اللبنانية مع المؤسسات الدولية إذا فسدت السلطة من يحاسبها من يقوم على حماية مواطنيها من فسادها ما هو دور المجتمع الدولي الذي يعلم بكل هذه الأمور أما بخصوص جريمة المرفأ ليس بحاجة أن نقيم أظن يعني محكمة خاصة هناك محكمة الجنايات الدولية وهناك تقصير كبير في رفع هذا الأمر إليها هناك يعني فساد ممنهج وتدمير للدولة ممنهج من يقوم بوقف هذا التدمير؟ من يقوم بوقف هذا القتل اليومي لنفسيات المواطنين اللبنانيين أليس الأوطان حيث يكرم الإنسان أين هي الكرامة التي نبنيها في بناء عندما تنهار الدولة ينهار كل شيء ليس المؤسسات ليس القضاء الذي هو أساس كل شيء كما يقول السيد المسيح عليه السلام ليس بالخبز وحده يحيى الإنسان بل بكل كلمة تخرج من فم الله إذا لم نقم عدالة إذا كان هناك قاض يخاف فلماذا يبقى في القضاء لتستمر المأساة إذا كان هناك قاض يخاف عن قول الحقيقة ثم يقول إذا أردت أن أقول الحقيقة فاحضر لي من يحميني إنه ميت الأحياء لأنه لا يقول الحقيقة وإذا كان لا يريد أن يقول الحقيقة فليستقل من القضاء هذا أقل واجباته أيضا هناك مسؤولية كبيرة نتخلى عنها أما بالنسبة للشعب اللبناني دكتور الشعب اللبناني تم إفقاره والفقير بحسب التاريخ ليس هو من يغير الذي يغير هو الطبقة الوسطى الطبقة الوسطى تم إفقارها تم إفقارها نصفها لم يستطع الخروج ونصفها هاجر ورأينا الذين هاجروا من الطبقة الوسطى كيف أدلوا بأصواتهم بشجاعة من كل الطوائف بالنسبة للبرلمان اللبناني طبعا أختنا في اللوريون لجور أنا أحاول أن أستذكر اسمحوا لي يعني كيف يمكن لأحزاب لا تجري انتخابات داخلها أن تكون مؤهلة أصلا لخوض انتخابات نيابية ليس هناك رئيس حزب في لبنان إلا, زال إلا لا زال رئيسا لحزبه منذ ثلاثين سنة 
من الذي يشرف على انتخاباتهم هؤلاء يريدون ديمقراطية في المؤسسات طبعا إذا أردنا أن نتكلم عن الفرق بين الديمقراطية التوافقية والتوافق على الديمقراطية هؤلاء يريدون أن يوهموا العالم بأنهم ديمقراطيون بإجراء انتخابات ولكنهم لا يجرون انتخابات داخل أحزابهم ولا تشرف على انتخاباتهم الدولة اللبنانية شكرا جزيلا لكم هناك الكثير رحم الله لقمان والعدالة لكل المظلومين أريد أن أستذكر شيئا آخر في العام الماضي ومنذ عامين تم التحريض أيضا على الوالد العلامة السيد علامين التحريض على قتله وتم توريط القضاء اللبناني في قبول الادعاءات ضده هناك يتم تمهيد للجريمة وتسكت عنه الدولة وأحيانا تشارك به لكي تتهرب من مسؤولياتها شكرا جزيلا لكم شكرا زينا يوسف أنا بس بدي أقول أنه نحن لازم من اليوم وبالرايح نبلش نحط حلول صرنا نعرف المشاكل كلها نحن ما عندنا رجال للأسف لأنه رجال سياسية عندهم مواقف أتحفون ما بدنا نضيع الشنكاش معروف مين هو خارب البلد الثنائي المسلح حزب الله هو حزب الشيطان في أولوية بالمشاكل كل اللي قلتون تفضلتوا قلتون مزبوطين نحن إلا من أي متى عم نحارب وعم ننسى العشارع واللي بدكن ياه مين حامي هيدي الطبقة الفاسدة قبل كلهم الميليشيا هيمنة الميليشيا من كل الأحزاب يعني هو اللي بالوجه وهن اللي تحت الطاولة عم بيتخاووا معه ما نتخبى وراء أسبعنا إذا ما قدرنا وفي شيء كتير مهم يلي نحن بإيدنا هو القرار 15-59 ما حدا ولا واحد سياسي أو حزبي بيحكي بالموضوع نحن تنخلص من الميليشيات بدنا دولة ولا يكون بدنا دولة بدنا جيش يحمينا تنقدر هذا الشيء بدنا نجرد السلاح وأنا سوري دومازيل ما بقبل نقول شيعة شيعة الثنائي المسلح ما بيمثل كل الشيعة لقمان لقمان مات الله يرحمه اوكي اول انسان شيعي وانا بفتخر بيمثلني لقلي لانه وقف طلع الرجال وقف قدام السبب الاساسي اذا كل الشعب اللبناني كله حكي فاضي ما تزعلوا مني اذا كل الشعب اللبناني مش مثل وقت ال 2005 نزلوا كلهم على الشارع وقالوا ايران وحزب الله برا رح نضلنا بنفس المعمعة ولبنان راح Thank you مهم كثير أنا نحترم آراء الكل وكل واحد من حقه أن يكون عنده رأيه ولازم أكيد نحترم آراء الكل بليز هلا أكيد مع كل اللي سمعته في كثير أشياء بس there was a clear question to you Nizar and to you Aya regarding the truth so I think it's important to address it the role of the parliament uh, and uh, the role of the international community. So I'll ask you, Aya, to start, uh, then uh, Nizar, uh, then Andreas, then Musa, then Roni, and then, uh, yes. 
Okay, Nadim, to answer your question about why Human Rights Watch hasn't um, written very much about the STL, the answer is going to be unsatisfactory, but it's an issue of capacity. We have one person who covers every country, and there were issues at the time in Lebanon that were more urgent to be responded to. I know it's not a satisfactory answer, but, but there's no programmatic or political reason that that wasn't covered. It was merely an issue of capacity. Um, on the role of the parliament, I mean, absolutely, parliament should be the representative of the, of the population, and parliament does have a very big opportunity to present laws that advance rights and justice and accountability in the country. Unfortunately, parliament, however, is a representation of the political system in Lebanon and not of the will of the population. Um, and so we see politicians not acting, or, or representatives in parliament not acting um, as representatives of the people who elected them, but as defenders of the political parties that they're a part of. So the laws that they block, the laws that they advance, are ones that advance their narrow interests and not those of the entire population. It's great to see the new faces that we have in parliament, um, but I think it's, you know, they're how, depending on how many you want to count, 10 to 16 uh, new independent MPs, um, they're not going to be able to change the kinds of laws that Parliament passes, but I think they have an opportunity to make Parliament more accessible to the population, to be public about you know, what laws are being discussed, what laws are on, on the agenda, sharing draft laws with civil society and the public for consultation, letting us know about the subcommittee or the committee uh, meetings that are taking place and what was discussed and what laws were on the agenda. So they can, so they have a role in bridging this gap between the people and, and parliament and allowing the population to act as a watchdog to the work of parliament. Thank you, Ayaniza. المهم جدا لما بدنا نحكي عن برلمان حقيقي أن يكون المناقشات اللي عم تصير بالبرلمان علنية واحدة من المشاكل الكبيرة اليوم بكل اللجان أنه المناقشات غير علنية ولو كانت علنية كان بتحملوا مسؤولية كلامهم وبيكونوا جديين أكثر بالعمل نحن اليوم في عنا أنونين لاستقلال القضاء موجودين هنيك ومهمين جدا وخاصة بما نحن نتعلق فينا هون يعني أنا ما بنسى أنه لحظة التوفى فيها لقمان وعرفنا أنه رايحة قتل عفوا قتل فيها لقمان ورايحة على النايب العام تبع الجنوب كان عامل قلق كثير لأنه نعرف نايب العام للجنوب مين بخص وبالتالي بلشت المشكل من هون يعني هذه كانت نقطة البداية يلي كان في وضوح كثير أنه نحن رايحين متجهين للإمبيونيتي لأنه لأنه بس كمان كان مناسبة حتى ينشرح للشعب اللبناني كله هيك تتوزع النيابات العامة وكل واحد بياخد نايب عام من طيفته بمنطقته لحتى يقدر يستعمله كمفتاح انتخابي وكيد لقله لحتى يحط يلي بده بالحبس ويقتل يلي بده بدون ما يتلاحق وإلى آخره وبالتالي كان بلش مشكل هون طيب هيدا هيدا مشكل مش بس بقضيتنا اليوم بكل القضايا اللي عم تنطرح أول ما يكون في حدا عم بيواجه القوى بالمنطقة بالجنوب يلي هن الثنائي كمان ما بحب سميه ثنائي الشيعي بحب سميه ثنائي أمل حزب الله يعني فهيدا المحل 
المشكله بلبنان انه ما بقى في حدا قوي بيقدر القضاء يوقف بوجهه مش لانه القاضي دائما ضعيف لانه المراكز القويه كلياتها تسيست المراكز القويه مثل النيابات العامه وكذا اخذت لون طائفي كل واحد اختار اللون يلي بده اياه بمنطقته وبعدين صار يحط حدا من جامعته لحتى يعني طيفت لحتى يصير تابع للزعيم تبع الطائفه وبالتالي اليوم بس ما بكفي نقول انه القاضي شجاع وبده يعمل يلي بده ما كمان القاضي شخص واقف قدام نظام مخيف يعني مثل طارق بيطار كان خايف واقف قدام نظام مخيف حس الناس معه بيمشي القاضي حس الناس تركوا لحاله بده يضعف مثل اي انسان ما عم بحكي عن طارق بيطار يلي هو برهن عن شجاعه واستقلاليه خياليه ولكن عم بحكي بشكل عام اي قاضي بده يضعف عشان هيك القضاء هو كمان نحن كيف بدنا ندعم القاضي وكيف بدنا نعمل جهد كبير حول المحكمه وبشان هيك المحكمه الوطنيه ممكن تكون تؤدي لنقاش عام كثير كبير ما بحياتنا بلبنان كان في نقاش عام على موضوع الحصانات مثل اللي حصل يوم المرفأ واكتشفنا قديش بشاعه هيدا نظام الحصانات وبينطبق من الكبير للموظف للمحامي الى اخره وبالتالي كنا عم نكتشف بعيوننا المجرده الامبيونتي سيستم بكره في جلسه بالمجلس النيابي مهمه جدا مهمه جدا لقسم كبير من اللبنانيين بموضوعنا تبع الامبيونتي يلي هي السريه المصرفيه في محاوله غدا من جمعيه المصارف انه تعمل انه السريه المصرفيه بتنرفع من هلا والرايح بس كل القيود يلي صايره من قبل ما بينعرف شيء منها وبالتالي كل عمليه المحاسبه عن الماضي بتنلغى طب هيدا موضوع اساسي كمان وبهمنا كثير كموضوع عدالي والى اخره وبالتالي حبيت اقول هاي الاشياء كمان ضوي على الفكره الاساسيه انه نحن نحن ضروري يكون في وضوح جدا بالرؤيه ممكن نختلف بالتشخيص ممكن نختلف وين 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 السبب وين الريزلت وكذا بس بس كلنا عارفين شو شو لازم كمان الشغلات المشتركه بيناتنا نمشي فيها حتى نقدر نقدم للامام بتصور هيدا شيء اساسي ومركزي بموضوع المحكمه الدوليه ليش نحن ما كمفكره ما ما اعطيناها كتبنا على المحكمه الدوليه ببعض الحالات ما كتبنا عن الحكم بس كتبنا على مبدا المحكمه الدوليه وقديش نحن ممكن نكون معه ولا ضد ومشاكلها وقت المرفق كمان اعطينا راينا بصراحه يعني بالاول طريق انه ما مش براينا شيء عملي انه كل واحد كل مره بيصير جريمه كبيره انه بيراهن على محكمه دوليه بس اكيد الرهان تبعنا والعمل تبعنا والجهد تبعنا والتركيز تبعنا هو كيف بدنا نامن عداله لكل اللبنانيين لانه نحن مؤمنين انه العداله بالاخر هي شيء اجتماعي هو شيء مفروض الناس وهيدا اللي بيقدم بالكلام هلا ما ابدا ما فيني اقول للضحايا ما تروحوا او ما تطالبوا بمحكمه دوليه لانه لحديث اليوم ما في قضاء وطني قادر بس انا عم بحكي كمنظمه حقوقيه هدفها بالاخر ان توصل للعداله للجميع شكرا ميرسي اندريا بليز to our colleague from Lorient du Jour. Um, I, I was by coincidence in Parliament when, before the elections, a draft law was discussed, although discussed is not the right word, uh, on the uh, abuse of recu demands of recusals uh, in the judiciary. And um, it is a story in itself, I can tell you maybe later on. But it was disappointing how it worked in, in Parliament, I must say. Um, 
uh, and maybe again to contribute from the German discussion, we had a law only in 2019 against the obvious misuse of uh, continuous or rep repetitive demands of, uh, of recusals in, in, in trial. So um, again, this is possibly a, a message of uh, strategic patience uh, to have because uh, things take, uh, take their time. Um, I wanted to mention, if I may, uh, on earlier discussion on impunity, although I don't want to bring it uh, to full bloom again, but um, it seems to me, as an outsider, interesting to look uh, carefully where there is impunity, because we tend to say there's a culture of impunity, but um, if there is an interest in uh, 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 investigating crimes, uh, then crimes are investigated. If someone is killed in the Dachje and it's got nothing to do with the group that's uh, uh, in reign there, um, it, it can be uh, investigated. Uh, but uh, if they don't want it to be investigated uh, and the police tell you that um, in order to enter the Dachje and to investigate they need a visa, so it shows you the difficulty of the situation uh, we have here. Um, on uh, your question, uh, or not letting me off the hook, uh, Aya, on sanctions, um, I fully agree that it is uh, disappointing that we have a framework uh, of sanctions uh, since last July, and in Annex 1 there is uh, no one. Um, this is a matter of uh, uh, consensus among 27 member states of the European Union. It's a complicated and uh, slow, uh, slow mechanism. Uh, some of the EU member states can have their bilateral sanctions, uh, and some actually do this. Um, the UK has bilateral sanction mechanism, the US and so on, and some of them actually use this uh, mechanism also for Lebanon. Um, in the European Union, you have uh, diverse opinions on, uh, on Lebanon. And um, it will be difficult to uh, to fill Annex One with names, but I I have not given up, and I think it's uh, there's an opportunity <laughs> there's an opportunity there. Uh, so we'll see. I mean, this uh, sanctions regime is being uh, prolonged. It's being uh, it's it will come again. So uh, let's see what 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 uh, what can be done. And in the sanctions. Um, in the sanctions regime, there's uh, the third, uh, the third uh, uh, criterion uh, is uh, financial misconduct and corruption. And uh, maybe there, uh, I can also give a, a glimmer of hope to the 20-year-old uh, 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 lady in the background who has the age of my daughters, um, that. Uh, when we can, as when we have an investigation in Europe uh, that is also uh, on on a person that who is also investigated here, but the investigation in this country is not uh, uh, progressing, there is a chance that um, the investigation in the European country is progressing uh, faster than here, and by that way. Um, I think there can be a incremental uh, progress in terms of, uh, um, you know, 
uh, investigating and judging someone who is uh, who is part of the system and who is uh, 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 if if judged uh, maybe an entry point for for a, a bigger change. Thank you. أنا بالنسبة لحضرتك كنت عم تقول إنه بالنسبة للمرفق كان لازم ناخده قدام المحكمة الجنائية الدولية. لبنان منه موقع على المحك على نظام روما وحتى لو موقع يعني للأسف الجريمة كثير كبيرة وعظيمة بس ما بتدخل بالمكونات تبع الجرائم الدولية يلي بنظام روما. عن هيك هيدا الشيء ما بيزبط بس ما ضروري يعني ينعمل محكمة جديدة بلا هاي فينا ناخد مثل كاتبة كمبوديا يكونوا بلبنان مؤلفة من قضات لبنانية وأجانب يقدروا يعني بيعطوا أولاً إذا شيء كريديبيليتي وكمان بروتكشن للقضات اللبنانية وبتكون بلبنان وما ما بتصرف مصاري قد ما فينا نناقش فيهم يعني هولي بس بدأ قانون أكيد بدأ قانون بس أنا بدي أقول إنه الشيء اللي حكيت عنه آية ونحن وقعنا عليه كمان اللي هو طلب انه يكون في تحقيق دولي مساعده تقنيه دوليه بهذا المحل لحتى نضمن انه يكون في لانه الامور كمان في في عندها بعد دولي مهم بس المهم جدا يعني برايي كمان مره ثانيه انه يضل يضل المحكمه اللبنانيين عم بيكونوا بكونتاكت يومي مع يتعلموا منها يعرفوا شو المشاكل من خلالها يكونوا عم بيدوروا كل النظام مزبوط انا عن هيك بستغرب مع نديم كيف انه هيومن رايتس ووتش وليجل اجندا ما حكوا اكثر عن الحكم، يعني عم نحكي عن لا عداله، اذا عملنا تابلوين بالبوليتيكال اساسينيشن، محمد شطح زيرو كونفكتد، جبران تويني زيرو كونفكتد، بيير جميل زيرو، نزلنا كلهم زيرو زيرو زيرو، محكمه ثلاثه كونفكتد. سو so كيف تا انه ما ما حكينا عن هذا الموضوع، يعني ما يعني للاسف بقى بقى ثانك يو نادي مع السؤال. ثانك يو، ثانك يو رينا، روني؟ I actually agree with Mary Jo. Uh, I wish Najat was still here. Um, and I will try to answer the, uh, the, I, the young lady's question in the back about what we can do. And I think that's actually the right question. Um, that's actually the kind of question I entertain on a daily basis. I think it seems odd, but the new MPs, for better or worse, I think the burden is on them because change to me should not be the status quo, or it shouldn't be pandering, it shouldn't be finding yourself in a situation that you're repeating the same mistakes of 2005 and 2009. When some reformers did enter parliament, we don't talk about them anymore. You want this round to be different. And then it becomes a problem, I think, and this is my take on the situation, I think the problem is diplomacy. We don't have leverage with Iran. Our ambassador to Iran is Hezbollah. And Iran's ambassador to Lebanon is Hezbollah. That's a situation Lebanese cannot handle. We cannot talk to Iran about what they would need to let go of this country. And it sounds maybe like a stupid framework. Maybe it's very naive, but I think that creative solution maybe opens the door to at least understanding what Lebanon could look like without another country's burden in our geography. And I'll just take issue with the semantics. I don't think it's occupation. 
and I, uh, a friend mentioned earlier the word occupation. I don't think that is the right word. This stuff is so invisible, you can live in Lebanon and never see it. Unlike the Syrian years, where you actually dealt with it, sometimes on a daily basis, Hezbollah you don't really deal with on a daily basis. And I think you can live here and not know that this thing is here. I think it's a battlefield role we're stuck with. It's battlefield, it's war zone. And our geography is still playing that kind of role to the region. In the old years, it was the Arab-Israeli conflict. Then it was the Syrian regime's survivability. Now it's Iran's military infrastructure, which maybe is more important to them than nuclear technology. They seem interested in negotiating nuclear technology all the time. I don't think they've been forced to discuss their security condition in Lebanon. So I think, it sounds odd, it's not Najat Saliba's role, but it's an MP like her that is at least entertaining the cause for diplomacy. And I think messaging is key. I may lose friends for saying this, but I think the more we talk about sectarianism and gender issues and corruption, to anyone with leverage when it comes to the Iranian burden, I don't think they're hearing the problem. I think they're thinking that our problems are so local, Lebanese are the problem. And I simply don't think that's true. And I'll take it to another uh, section about social contract. I'll end this part quickly. Here's my analogy. You put everyone in Lebanon today. You put them on a boat and you set them on, uh, to the middle of the Atlantic Ocean. So all of us, the four million of us or whatever is left of here, we go to a boat in the middle of the ocean. There's no Iran, there's no Israel, no America, nothing. We're alone in the ocean. I think within five minutes we'd have a Maronite captain, a Sunni co-captain, and a Shia co-captain. And I think, I think that's what we would do automatically. But give us some time in the middle of the ocean alone, we'll start reforming that. And it'll begin to make sense for 2022, not for 1922. So I think that's the journey of reform. I wouldn't rush too far into the social contract issue without unplugging us from the geopolitical issue. I think that comes later. The last thing, uh, Monica and me, we live in the world of poetic justice. This is the alternative to justice. I'm pretty sure Monica and myself would rather have traditional justice. Not umam only, not whatever I do. I think we want real justice. And I think, and I agree with the sentiment shared earlier, if you're not willing to talk about the root cause for what has killed a lot of us, what has also perverted our politics, and what has led us to cripple and collapse, you will never see justice in this country. Poetic justice is fine, but that's not the answer. Thank you. Uh, if you allow me, I will answer briefly, uh, not to take too much of your time to each question. Mr. Shahadi, thank you for your, for your question. You said that uh, the only truth is that Lukman Slim was assassinated on the 3rd of February by bullets in his head. Allow me to disagree with you. This is not the truth. This is a fact. The truth is who did it, who ordered it, who implemented it, and the justice is to bring everyone to accountability. And even though, if even though previous political assassinations in Lebanon have been uh, have remained unsolved. Uh, there is a commitment from the Slim family, from all the team of Lokman Slim, including the legal team, to do 
everything that is possible to bring the perpetrators to justice. We will not let Lukman Slim's assassination remain under the impunity system. We don't have a TSL for Lukman Slim, but we have all what the means that we have to go to justice, and we are pursuing. I can tell you how many times after Lukman Slim has been assassinated, his family has felt the danger of pursuing justice, and they are committed to it regardless of everything. They are going after the perpetrators until they are brought to justice. Ziadi, you mentioned the trauma and, uh, and that Lebanese people are tetanized. Yes, but what to do? I would have loved to have solutions. I don't know how to treat people who are traumatized or tetanized, yet those people have proved during 15 years of war, 15 years of Syrian presence, and 15 years of whatever you want to tell it, say it, Iranian presence or whatever, they have proven that they still can fight. Sept uh, October 17, people were underground, and I'm pretty sure that they will find the, the, the resources needed to rebound. Ms. Um, Sader, uh, yes, Parliament is part of the uh, authorities in the states, and I truly said, and I'm b I believe what I, in what I say, all those authorities are, have abdicted their roles. The judicial, the legislative, and the uh, uh, executive. There's, we do not have any state more. Do not expect anything from the parliament, including, unfortunately, from those new elected MPs who are minority in a big mass of people who do not want to change anything. Lin, you talked about globalization. Yes, globalization is a fact. Now we are living in a globalized world. Yes, but justice is an internal service rendered by each country. International justice is an exception. Justice is rendered by each country, and we have to fight for it. Um, um, and uh, Ms. Ziadi talked about justice as a right. Yes. Justice is a right, but uh, like, every, uh, like every right, it needs to be implemented. When we don't have the right, the, any right, we fight for the right. Um, and you asked, what is the plan? What is the solution? Ms. Youssef, who is maybe not here anymore, gave you the solution. Oh, Ms. Youssef is still here. Okay. Ms. Youssef gave a wonderful solution, re, uh, rebuild a state. Rebuild a state that will take back all its roles, including giving solution. Thank you, Ms. Yusuf. سمعتك حضرتك يعني مداخلتك حلوة كتير بس ما كان فيها سؤال سمعتك منيح بس ما فيها سؤال وبالنسبة لروما دكتور سفير أعطتك جواب نحن منا داخلين بمعاهدة روما and صحيح صحيح بس هون كمان سعد السفير حكي إنه في بيوروب في بعض المحاولات للضحايا الأجانب. I won't uh, add anything else. I think everybody before me uh, answered fluently and uh, fully, not fluently, fully. Thank you.
Thank you very much. Thank you, Nizar. Thank you, Ren. Thank you, Andreas. Thank you, Aya. Thank you, Musa. Thank you, Roni. And now, without uh, further ado, I would like to give the floor to uh, Hannah Jabir, Al-Qman Islim Foundation, for the conclusion. Thank you. Thank you. Um, my name is Hannah Jabir. And on behalf of the Luqman Slim Foundation and also of the organizers, I would like to thank you all for your attendance and for your active participation in this very significant day. Also, uh, since English is now my mother tongue, and since the event is taking place in an um, Arab-speaking country, I apologize to the non-Arabic-speaking people in this room, for I will shift to Arabic and I will rely on the translators, uh, on, the, uh, on the accuracy of the translation to, conf to convey my messages. Um, voilà. هي عمليا أشبه ببداهات بعضها مستنبط والآخر مستنتج والبعض الآخر يطرح نفسه على هامش الندوة وبواقع الحال التي نعيشها تطرقتم متكلمين ومتكلمات إلى بعض أشكال الجور وامتهاط الخيرات وانتهاك الحدود وترهيب الضمائر كلها مظالم لم تزل على ذلك وكانت امتدادا من الحرب الأهلية وحتى اللحظة مما يدفعني إلى طرح الملاحظة الأولى لو أن العدالة سادت في لبنان على مختلف طوائفه مواطنين وأجانب وعلى مؤسساته ولو أن القرارات السياسية التي أخذت في شؤون الدولة أوفت السيادة والمواطنة حقهما لما نشأت في هذا البلد حرب أهلية نعيش تداعياتها حتى اللحظة من شرذمة وفقدان لقرار جامع ترسو عليه مكوناته المجتمعية تحدث المتكلمون والمتكلمات عن توقيع لبنان أو عدم توقيعه عن تطبيقه أو عدم تطبيقه عن انصياعه أو عدم انصياعه لعدد من المواثيق والقوانين الدولية تطرقوا للعدالة الدولية لعدم امتثال الحكومة اللبنانية لقرار محكمة العدل الدولية لآليات الردع من عقوبات ملزمة على لبنان للمأزق الذي يتواجد فيه القضاء اللبناني تجاه جريمة تفجير المرفأ وتجاه الاغتيالات السياسية وليس اغتيال لقمان سليم أولها ولا آخرها مما يؤدي بي إلى ملاحظتي الثانية وصلت الدولة اللبنانية بمؤسستيها القضائية والأمنية نهيك عن التهاوي الاقتصادي المتسارع يوما عن يوم وصلت إلى حالة من الوهن والاستباحة تجعل الاستغاثة بالعدالة الدولية أمرا محكوما بمفارقات مستعصية العناصر والأليات أتى أيضاً الحديث على التجارب الأوروبية على دور التقاضي فيها وعلى الدعم الذي قد تشكله المؤسسات القضائية الأوروبية في دفع عجلة القضاء اللبناني 
لتحقيق بعض أوجه العدالة وهنا تأتي ملاحظتي الثالثة العدالة ممكنة في دول أوروبا وقد تطال حتى أفراداً ارتكبوا جرائم على غير أراضيها لأن أركان الحكم في كل منها في كل من, من هذه الدول ترس على مؤسسات قضائية مترسخة وقوانين مستنبطة من عقود مجتمعية قوية يحترمها الجميع دون استثناء وهنا لا بد من الإشارة إلى تداخل المجتمعات المتزايد في عصر العولمة وبفعل الهجرات وما يتضمنه ذلك من فرص ومخاطر في هذا الحيز بالذات ثم تطرقت النقاشات إلى تفاعلات المجتمع مع العدالة على مرور الزمن ومع مرور الوقت عن دور الحقيقة والمحاسبة وقانون العفو العام في إعادة بناء مجتمع لبنان ما بعد الحرب وعن دور مؤسسات المجتمع المدني في الحقول دون الإفلات من العقاب وهنا لا بد من الإشارة في ملاحظة رابعة إلى أن قانون العفو العام 1991 لم يتواكب قط لا مع صياغة عقد مجتمعي جديد ولا مع تركيز أركان دولة قانون فعلية تنقل لبنان إلى مرحلة يجدر تسميتها بمرحلة ما بعد الحرب فبات العفو عن جرائم أمراء الحرب بتصريح لهم بالإمعان في النهب وإفساد البنى التحتية والانقضاض على ما كان متبقياً من مؤسساته المدنية والأمنية وفرض على أهالي المفقودين والمتوفين والمغتالين ومعاقي الحرب وعلى من فقدوا بيوتهم وسبل عيشهم فرض عليهم نسيان جماعي ممزوج بالذل والذنب والتقصير تجاه أنفسهم وأبنائهم لأنهم لم يتمكنوا من أخذ حق ذويهم من الضحايا ما يعيش اللبنانيون من ذل يومي واستباحة لحيواتهم وضمائرهم هو امتداد لإذلال عمره عقود لظلوم أدت, أدت بالبلد إلى خراب عمرانه إن اقتبسنا قول ابن خلدون واليوم إن أردنا ألا يود الفساد المعمم والمستشري في القضاء وفي المنظومة الحاكمة إلى ما يسميه ابن خلدون نفسه نهاية الدولة يعني نهاية لبنان لا بد من يقضة ضرورية وملحة لدى الضمائر الحية والنزيهة ليس فقط في القضاء اللبناني وإنما في كل الفاعلين في المجتمع اللبناني من مؤسسات وأفراد للضغط على تفعيل قوانين يعيد تعيد للبنانيين بعضا من كرامتهم في هذا الإطار العام وتكملة لمسيرة لمهمتنا التي بدأناها بعد اغتيال الغالي لقمان سنسعى في مؤسسة لقمان سليم وكما قالت مونيكا إلى جعل اليوم العالمي للعدالة فرصة للقاء سنوي كما يسرنا أن, نحيط أن, يح أن نحيطكم علما بتأسيس وحدة مخصصة لدولة القانون تعمل على فهم آليات المحاسبة والإفلات من العقاب وإلى إنتاج المعرفة المجتمعية والسياسية في هذا المجال وعلى ابتكار مساع الابتكار الابتكار دائما الابتكار مساع وآليات تتوافق مع القانون وترسخه سعيا منا إلى ما هو الأسمى 
العدل والعدالة وأنهي كلامي هذا بكلمة للقمان إحدى أقواله أو التي ينسبها إلى صديقته الشريرة القاتل يقتل والسارق يسرق والساكت عن الحق ساكت عن الحق ونحن لن نسكت عن الحق الحق الحقيقة والعدالة لضحايا المرفأ الحقيقة والعدالة للقمان ولكل من قضى غيلة العدالة للبنان ولكل صاحب حق, صاحب حق في هذا الولد الوديع شكراً